This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. City podcast. Bit of a despondent uh, mood this morning because at uh, Kenilworth Road last night against high-flying Luton, it finished. The Hatters won City nil. Joining me to uh, digest, which was a what was a pretty appalling display. Well, the first half we did recover in the second is uh, my regular uh, cohort on here, uh, Ian. Um, Ian, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling this morning? And your thoughts on the game in thirty seconds? Well, I'm a uh, 10 out of 10 as every day. Look at the... Um, I've managed to find some positives from the game, so let's start with them. Taylor Clark did okay when he came on again. Uh, O'Leary's performance was was largely positive, apart from some of his kicking, but it was a very windy, dreadful night. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't lose by far more and in previous years. We lost by at least three, possibly five. Uh, a lot of teams around us lost last night, so it hasn't really affected our league position. No. We're effectively 14 points clear of relegation with only 27 points to play for. So, in other words, any of the bottom three or the best of the bottom three would need to pick up 14 points more than us. So if we picked up five out of the next 27, they need to pick up 19 and they're not going to do that. No. Scott Scotty didn't get booked. So uh, yeah. he's got over that little hurdle. And it what does that mean, Ian, now? So if he got, let's say he got booked... Uh, yeah, let's say he got booked against Swansea, Scotty. That just that starts totting up again, then does it? Yeah, so he could get booked twice more in the closing. Does it carry over into next season, or how does it work in that respect? He's got to get to fifteen yellows now, not ten. Right, and that, and then it's wipe the slate clean after get match day forty six. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I mean, to pick it up on what you said there, Ian. You know, as I as I see it, we've you know we we were appalling in the first half, as Ian said. Second half, bit of a recovery. Uh, there was or there is a four point gap between us in thirteenth and Sunderland in twelve. 
And if the players want something to go for uh, between now and the end of the season, notwithstanding that, you know, what Ian's just said about relegation points, let's just try and crack in to that top half, you know, and if we manage to get 11th, maybe even 10th, although there's no easy fixtures really between now and the end of the season, that would be seen uh, as an improvement. Um, let's look at the teams. As Ian said, it was a dreadful night. I've been to Luton once. I went up with Richard Latham back in the day and we turned up at Kenilworth Road uh, to find that uh, the game was uh, postponed. But uh, no such luck last night. Uh, a few hundred Hardy fans made the trip up there. Ian, um, the starting lineup. Uh, it's not saying much for, uh, well, Kane Wilson's fitness, so why is he on the bench? If in resting Tanner, who was poorly, he wasn't dropped, in resting Tanner, Wilson doesn't feature in the starting lineup. So there were a couple of changes, wasn't there? Because uh, Cornick uh, started as well. What are your thoughts when you saw that team lineup, uh, at, 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 well, when it was announced at uh, 7 o'clock? I wasn't pleased and I didn't think it was the right thing to do. If uh, Kane Wilson could play 60 minutes, 45 minutes, and George Tanner could have played the next 45, that would have been a sensible thing to do, leaving Sykes in his best position. But, oh no, Sykes got to go to right back. Cornick's got to come in because I actually think Pearson's trying to shoehorn him into the side to prove that he hasn't... Uh, made the bad decision but I think he has I've, I've seen enough of Cornick now um, I will judge him properly at the start of next season when he's had a full pre-season um, when he's uh, as strong and fit as he can be but at the moment to me he looks weak yeah. and it was badly exposed last night at Loon as, as a number of other players we're, we're not a big physically strong side Pearson says that himself and he's got to do something about that. Now, I appreciate some of our stronger players like Atkinson, Callas, Naismith weren't in the team and they would radically improve it. But on the basis, at all times, we have four to six players injured. It convinced me that the squad next season needs to go from 23. And at the moment, the squad of 23 has 15 available, one five available players in it. Uh, we need to go to a squad of 28. And I'm working that out. It's two for every position. And then six other players who are as good, possibly not quite as good, that can come in. Now, that can be under 21s that come through. But there is yeah. no need last night. The, the six on the bench is an antic. Uh, and, and well, that's a, so, I was going to say, we, we talk about what to do for next season later. But as you said... Six on the bench. That was shades of uh, of Steve, Steve Cottrell, wasn't it? Yeah, back in the day. And you have to say, right, that you know Duncan Idahan, He's been named captain twice for the under twenty ones, as I've seen it. He played in that cup game on Monday. Yeah, he could have. Put, yeah. You know what does that say about him? You know, it's sending out mixed messages to me, Ian, because you know you could have put a youngster. There's been enough youngsters on the on the. On the bench anyway, just to give them the experience, yeah. Because what yeah, what well, is the could, point? What is the point of naming just six? And why not Idahan? Why is he captain, well, you, and yet he's not even making the eighteen of a depleted overall squad? Well, you, they played Monday, and that's no excuse. There's no reason he couldn't have done twenty-five minutes, half an hour, if required, 
uh, last night, as you could say the same for Callum Wood. Both big lads, both good in the air, both physically strong. So yeah, I forgot about Wood. Yeah, I forgot about Wood. So you've also got Zach Bell, who's a uh, right back with a long throw. Not the biggest bloke that ever lived, but then again, neither is Jada Silva. Um, so I, I think uh, it's, I, I, you know, you have to ask Pearson why he did it and why he didn't think to take somebody up with them. But I, I, I can't fathom it, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Kane Wilson, one minute he's saying he's not fit and he's not getting quick as fit as he wants to. That's what he said in his press conference. Then he's on the bench. So what if Sykes had to go off after 10 minutes? And uh, Gary Howard said to me last night, will you bring Kane Wilson on? I said, yeah, but he's not fit. Well, you can bring George Tanner on. Yeah, but Tanner's ill, so he's not fit. So you've got Mm -hmm. six blokes on the bench, two of which ain't fit. So what is it about Kane Wilson? For goodness sake, he's a professional footballer. He's been in, you know, he's he's had an injury, but yeah. you know, he's be he's he's had more recovery than certain. I mean, Callas, okay, Callas is injured now, and la 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 la. But some players, you know, they're out, and then they come back with no match, no no run of games in the under twenty ones. I mean, what was it the other night? Was it Forest in that cup game in the under twenty ones? Yeah. I had somebody who was playing Premier League football, but. You know, I'm worried about Wilson. To be honest, is he is he is he going to feature ever? Do you think? Well, I think he'll feature ever. But I mean, if you remember, exactly the same thing happened with George Tanner last year. Exactly the same thing happened with Andy King, because Andy King hadn't played any football in the last couple of seasons, and he came in, did two hamstrings, missed a lot of the season. Uh, George Tanner. Came in. He had been playing regularly, but League Two is. That's why I don't like it when we're linked with players from League Two, because it seems to take them a year to get up to speed in terms of being physically fit enough to play the games. Yeah. So George tore his hamstring twice, and, and missed a lot of the season. Uh, I like George Tanner now. I've got to be honest. So if you're going to sign him, you've got to dip him in and out. You you can't uh, play him, and, and that's why I'm saying that because we're looking at this lad Jack Curry at, at Wimbledon who's another uh, League 2 stroke Div 4 player. Uh, League yeah. 1 doesn't seem quite as bad, uh, although Rob Atkinson's had his illness and in, in, in injury problems, and he's now got a severe injury. Uh, Mark Sykes, Touchwood seems OK. Can't cross the uh, bloody ball, though, Ian. Can he? Jesus, I know, jumping forward. Well, we've been one crossing. period, we had a great chance in the second half, and I just got to pick that up because he said about Sykes, but... I mean, God, it went out for a bloody throw-in, didn't it? Well, we've been crossing the ball badly all season. Our set set pieces have been rank. Our attacking set pieces have been rank all season. We've literally got, apart from Naismith occasionally, and he's not consistent with it, we haven't got anybody who can deliver a decent set piece. Yeah. Uh, Although, again, not wishing to jump forward, that free kick of Scott's, at least it, it... Went over the wall because usually when we have free kicks, it goes into the wall or doesn't clear the first man, does it? Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I've watched a couple of seasons of, of um, Gary Johnson with Lee Johnson taking every direct free kick, having a shot, and never scoring. So this isn't something this this happened since, yeah. since Pearson's right. walked door. Okay, all right. Let's get into let's get into the uh, let's get into the action. As you say, Luton. They're turning into the new Brentford, really. They've got the tiny pitch. The crowd is up close. It was crap camera angles last night on 
Robin's TV, I did say, I think to you, Ian, at half time, you know, is it easier on the red button? You told me it was the same camera crew with the bloke wiping it with his dirty handkerchief, yeah, because there was that much rain on it. Horrible little ground. And God, we made it difficult for ourselves, didn't we? I mean, comedy of errors for the first goal. Take us through it how you saw it. Cam Preen tries to dribble the ball out of the penalty area when uh, Luton have got a high press on with much stronger, bigger players. He therefore gives the ball away, trying to pass it to Jada Silva, who was miles away. They then pass the ball. Jada Silva tries to control it. It bounces off his, his leg. Um, they get the ball wide to Drama, who's uh, on loan from uh, Villa, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he volleys across into the box. Zach Viner's ball watching. It goes over his head. And Colton Boris comes in behind him with another player and with Mark Sykes behind Colton Morris. Mm. Um, and he heads it downwards into the net. Good header, totally unmarked, good finish. And it's 16th, that 16th of the season, yeah? Yeah, fourth fourth goal. But the two big lads up front bullied our centre-backs all night, which is, yeah. you know, it's, it's okay saying, oh, Campering, you know, he should be playing centre-back. No, he shouldn't. He's a good left-back stroke, left-wing-back, mm. and he that's where he should be playing. He He isn't a centre-back. Right, you need the likes of Atkinson, Callas when you come up against these physically strong teams. And all right, if we haven't got big players, and if Pearson thinks the lads in the under twenty ones aren't ready yet, then I don't suppose they're ready yet. Well, I mean, Ian, what's the background? I mean, this is the thing. I, I want to talk about Luton as well at the end, just the, the, the club. What what's the background? What is the background of Morris? And Adebayo, because as somebody Mills has said, and you've just said, they bullied us, you know, and they, they were a robust side. They didn't, they were on it, all of them, not just those two strikers. They were on it for the whole 90 minutes. In a way, we talk about we've seen how we might play, you know, we're getting to say the Pearson action. But, you know, if our best of that style was a seven out, a six out of 10, that was nine out of ten. They were relentless all through the game. So two things yeah. What's the background of Morris, just from my information, really, Morris and Adebayo? And how do they get that level of energy that didn't let up at all, albeit we came into the second half and did a bit better? Well, and just to add that Pring was lucky to stay on so long Adebayo when Adebayo was through. Um, mm. So at least that was another bonus from last night. Pring didn't get himself oh, yeah. sent off when at one point. He was trying to mount the bloke from behind when he was going. Yeah, yeah, no, he was. He was. He was so, trying to do a Luke 09, wasn't he, on uh, Alex Scott yeah. to some extent. Anyway, but back back well, to those two players and, and that I style. Know, I don't know a lot about the players, but I, I, I will. Um, Google is my friend, so I will Google it. But I don't think, I think they've come from, if you will, what I call a lower league uh, background. So... <laughs> You know, they're the sort of players that Luton pick up and we don't. I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, uh, one of the guys said on Radio Bristol last night that Pearson seems to have a problem signing anybody that's over five foot nine. Um, and I, I know he's before somebody says, oh, well, he signed Rob Atkinson. Yeah, I know. But if you look at overall. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking, you, you asked about Carl Morris. I'm actually looking at it now, Ian. And I mean, he's 27 years old. Uh, he's been, he was 21 22 at Barnsley, 51 games, 14 goals, 35 15. Prior to that, I mean, he was at Norwich for seven years, Oxford, York, Hamilton, Rotherham, Shrewsbury, 
Rotherham again and MK Dons twice. A lonely career prior to that, yeah. But he's made he has made the step up because you know he he was a bully, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's so uh, I'm I'm just looking at. Uh, as as ever, the internet can be a little bit unclear. But Adebayo now. Adebayo, he's twenty five. He was at Fulham until twenty nineteen, and then he was out on loan at Slough, Bognor Regis, Cheltenham, Swindon, Stevenage. Twenty nine to twenty one, he played fifty five games for Warsaw, scored eighteen, and he's been at Luton since twenty one. So he's in his third season, second season there, whatever. He's done 93 games and got 28 goals. So he's managing. He's managing one in three. But, you know, not a spec. London boy, born in Brent, six foot four. Got the physicality. Yeah. As you said, bully. Let's carry on with the action. You're not going to... It'd be a little bit like putting uh, the world um, lightweight champion uh, in with uh, Tyson Fury. Yeah. You know, you're not... I mean, my old man always used to say, you know, you've always got to remember a good big one's better than a good little one. And I suppose then people say, ah, well, how about Lionel, Lionel Messi? But every for every world-class five-foot-four-inch-tall footballer you can name, I'll name you ten ones that are over six-foot, six-foot-two. I mean, if you look at Ronaldo, brilliant player, but hell of a physical specimen. Uh, so, yeah, and, and what I'll tell you what is surprising about Adebayo how blooming quick he is. Do you see when he was running through? Because Pring couldn't yeah. keep up. And, no. and Pring, Pring's no slouch. No. Um, but he and you say about being, and Ian, you say about being bullied, right? But I have to say, I think even if... I don't think Callas ever gets bullied by a player, but I think Rob Atkinson, yeah? Rob Atkinson, you know, he's he probably would have been bullied, but maybe because he's a central defender, wouldn't have been quite as badly exposed as uh, Pring seemed to be. Yeah, but uh, okay, let's stick with the action. You've already alluded to one thing. I'll come on to that in a minute. On 11 minutes before that manhandling of Adebayo by Pring, Osho put a ball over the top and it went to Adebayo. Um, he beat Max O'Leary off the line by Sykes. You know, that could have been 2 0. The one you just described again, Morris over the top to Adebayo, the manhandling by Pring didn't get his shot away. It was saved by Max O'Leary. Bell, uh, Berry, by the way, hit it over the top. And then 35 minutes, Pring was having a bit of a mare in the opening half because it was that he didn't even look that back pass. And then Marvellous Nakamba shot over. It was deflected. But, I mean, if we'd have gone in at half-time 4-0 down, that would have been a fair reflection of, of their dominance. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. We just, we just weren't in the game. Uh, it looked like, to me, it, it looked like, uh, our under 16s against the first team. Um, and th- as I say, the only way you're going to address that is in the summer or or if we've got some big, you know, we know we've got Joe Lowe's out on loan at Luton getting men's football and, and bowler counts doing really well. On loan at Walsall. On loan at Walsall, yeah. Walsall, sorry. Then you've got, uh, well, we, Riley Taylor's gone, but he's yeah. uh, tearing, up, tearing up trees down at, at Portsmouth by all accounts. Mm-hmm. So, you know he, but but Pearson considered that he wasn't good enough, and, and we had other players that were ahead of him, Idaho and Wood, etc., coming through. So we need to see they need to have a breakthrough season next season, um, or we need to. I mean, if Callas goes, my contention is we need to sign three central defenders because Atkinson's not going to be back until October ish. So that's so when Brian Tinney says, "Well, 
you know, we need three, four if Scotty goes. I think he's way off. I think he's at least six. Yeah. Now, went into the second half, I've got a couple of half chances with Vyman and Cornick. And then on the hour, it should have been 2 0. Osho across again, Morris with a header. Another good save by Max, as you say, apart from his uh, clearances. You know, he kept that out and it was a good save, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Max was our man of the match last night, and if it hadn't been for him, we could have easily. Well, we we let's be honest on on the runner play. If we'd have lost that game five, you you couldn't really have had any complaints. No. Um, when the opportunities we had were okay, Scotty's got the ball over the wall, but I mean, it's right down the keeper's throat and his catching practice. Um, yeah. I mean, somebody just said on Mills. I said, I think last night shows how bad this division is this season. Thanks for agreeing with me, Mills. I've been saying that all season. It's a very average division, and we wouldn't have needed to be much better than we've been to have done a lot better. And that's yeah. always. That's I mean, look, the fact of the matter as well, Ian, is that you know we we did have a better second half, and at one nil down, you're always in with a chance, but we didn't really test the keeper in a meaningful way. Which brings me back to. You know the the substitutions. Yeah, as you said, the one bright spark was uh, uh, Omar Taylor Cart coming on for the ineffective uh, Mametti Bell coming on for uh, Wells. I thought he was budged off the ball, Wells, with that shoulder charge late on. But Cornick and Vyman, I cheekily said on Otib, is Vyman playing? Now he's going to dine out on that goal that he scored on Saturday for the next six months, but. You know, we were playing with a one... You know, if you look at the back four, Sykes, Viner, Pring, JDS, a one-man midfield because King, you know, playing like he had lead boots on. And Viman, as Chris Honor would say, lots of arm-waving. I didn't see him do anything other than one shot. It was a half-hearted shot. Wells didn't seem his usual self. But Viman and Cornick, who stayed on for the whole 90 minutes, they're probably going to start again on Saturday Ian, aren't they? Although I don't think you've put Vyman in your starting lineup for predicting the team against Swansea, have you? I'd leave. I, it's what I'd do. I'd leave them both out. Whether Pearson would do that, and I, I wouldn't even have Cornick on the bench. Um, do you I'd think he's that bad? Him. Some people were comparing him with yeah. Donny Johnny. Do you remember him? Well, I think I think he, at the moment he's right up there. When you look in terms of signings and. In fairness, those the other two, unless we paid a loan fee for Diony, it didn't cost us any money. The two I put him up there with at the moment is Bas Savage and Loic Diony in terms of being, well, if we sign this bloke. Um, but at least Baz was big and he, he could sometimes hold the ball up. I mean, he was yeah. nothing like a footballer. Uh, just yeah. a quick aside, if uh, anybody gets chance, uh, the lad who plays for Luton is called Elijah Adebayo. If you, I won't even try and pronounce his full name, but if you get the chance to go on uh, Wiki, go on there and have a look because he's got f- no less than five middle names. You imagine getting a shirt printed with his name on there. <laughs> you, 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 I'll tell you what, you'd struggle to get a flag printed with his full name on. I'm telling you that now. And if you were trying to sing a song, there's only one that it'd last about 10 minutes. It is, a, I, I won't even try and pronounce it because I won't insult the lad, but. Go, go on and have a look. It's quite interesting. Yeah, oh, I'll um, do that. <laughs> yeah, but back to Cornick and, and Vyman, you know, that was a classic goal he scored, but, you know, he, he, he I, I think both of them will start on Saturday, a Sunday. I really do. Yeah. But, I really, um, well, I, I, unless we've got even more injuries, 
Um, but I mean, I suppose there's a chance that James could be back. But then again, Pearson said there was a chance he was going to be in the squad on um, last night. So whether he's, you know, he's developed an illness on top of his injury, I, I don't know. Um, but it, it seems to be following the usual format of, oh, well, we think he'd be all right. It's not too serious. Oh, he's gone for a scan. Oh, he's broke his foot. And yeah. and it, there seems to be this is the way of the world with our with our injuries and and yes it's much improved from when at one point during Pearson's first half season with us and with Holden there we had twenty one players injured because people always forget the young lads that came in like Sam Bell and lasted a game or so Sam Bell started a game tore his hamstring um, a, a lad called Opie Edwards I remember came in uh, Awara's brother. He's not with us anymore in terms of as a player. He hasn't passed away or anything. He's away playing non-league football. But he tore a calf muscle. Um, we didn't see him ever play for us again. Um, and if you, you know, uh, I appreciate in some ways he's got Obson's choice, but I think he can do a bit better what he did. Uh, Swansea will see. Well, you said their, their style will play playing to our we're better because they like to play possession so it'll be like watching a chess game on sunday then won't it yeah well we we, we were a counter-attacking team and and, that, and we can't we're not a possession team we're not a long ball team although we were pumping long balls last night because we just simply weren't good enough to play through luton's press um and the and, and we lacked the physicality to get the ball off and i was surprised at the stats that we actually had 49 percent possession yeah, um, but I, I I think yeah, in theory it should suit us unless once again we get sloppy and concede an early goal, and then we'll have all kinds of problems. But no, yeah, I mean I I put the side on on Twitter last night. If anybody wants to look that 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 I'd play and I I'd go I actually play four four two. You put because... the stripes on that little schematic you put, didn't you? As I saw it, it looked a bit strange. The red and white stripes, yeah, there isn't a narrow um, red red stripe, so you can either have plain or that. I'd have plain, I'd have plain Ian going forward. And look, I think we've done the game to death. You know, there's nothing to talk, nothing more to talk about there. Um, but since we were there talking about kit, and this was the big reveal online this week of the third kit. Uh, anybody who's old enough to remember the uh, opening music to uh, this episode is after that 1967, I think it's then or around then, from Donovan, Mellow Yellow. It did go back to the time. It's another retro thing. But uh, what do you think of that kit and the badge? Uh, Ian, a lot of thoughts gone into that. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't get hung up on those kind of things, Dave, to be honest. As long as we're not playing in blue and white quarters, I don't have a problem with it. But um, the kit did look washed out. Um, I know it's better well, than they put the shirts in a bleach wash because the socks were a bloody different colour, weren't they? Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't particularly like it. Um, I preferred that old grey uh, second kit, but obviously it had an orange trim on it, which you couldn't have got away with last night. No. Um, or I, I prefer something like all white. Um, but you know, I, I'm not going to get. Um, um. Yeah, it's the badge. That's not our badge. That's the stinker. Yeah, I mean that's something. That apparently, John Lansdowne gets involved with this, and I, the O'Neills have got their name on it, haven't they? So, yeah. 
as I as I say, I, I liked and I didn't like the, the the new Robin badge. I preferred the old City of Bristol badge, which yeah. was a proper coat of arms. But then again, perhaps it's me and I. But from a fan. branding perspective, why introduce this bloody flying eagle when you've got a badge? Right, this is a, you know, this, this is almost like you know, did he get his sort of sketch pad out and think, oh, let's have a, a flying robin on there? We gonna have? Is that gonna be the new badge going forward or something for everything? It just seems well, not the- retaining the identity. You know, well, this- it's all about well, marketing and image, isn't it? Well, well, one one minute we're going backwards to say, well, this is a shirt we used to have, and, and we had the um, Arsenal style shirt that we had at the start of this season. Then we had to change it because the supplier went bust and sponsorship, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we've now gone on to O'Neill's, where we've got um, uh, we've got the retro kit. So this is the sort of those are the shirts that uh, Bob Taylor used to wear, wasn't it? Um, yes, that 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 color. So we've gone that way. This seems to be a departure. And I think if you're going for something like yellow, particularly on a night last night where, and it's always dark at that ground at Luton because their yeah. floodlights are terrible. And I've been, in, I've been in the stand where the camera is and it's the height of a porter cabin. As, as you look out from the away end. It's yeah, no, it's there. a titchy little stand. It is. It's no more than well, a was, big porter cabin. There. I was in there doing, well, I was in there doing, um, uh, Hospitality and watching us get beat five nil. Bloke called Steve Aaron we used to big. I remember forward. that. That was I was I was there that day as well actually because Luton. Yeah. yeah, they beat us five nil and Steve Howard, big bloke up front for them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was over the other side because you had to park in the school down the road. And uh, yeah, so, he, yeah he I got, that. it was about two thousand and six, I think that was Ian, or two thousand and five, something like that. Well, I know yeah. I was, as you know, I lived up in Bedfordshire for about twenty years when I was working in London. And uh, and Ken and um, I, I uh, yeah I got invited to hospitality there and I went down there with my wife and daughter and, and we got wallop five nil um, as far as I remember and I know Steve Howard got a hat trick and we were dreadful that day so some things never change do they but it's an awful ground they are building a new ground and it will be nice and I think it may have a detrimental effect uh, on that team. Um, yeah, do you know what, Ian? I was thinking exactly the same thing that, yeah. you know, it's part of their identity. But then saying that, they're probably going to end up with one of those uh, Meccano type grounds like Brentford have got. And they won 2 0 at Southampton the other night. You know, it's not harming their chances, is it? But I did, I had exactly that same thought because it's a uniqueness. It's a ground, it's a much smaller ground, but you probably went to the baseball ground, Derby's ground back in the yeah. 80s before. And it's it's traditional, you know, well, you walk through somebody's sort of ginnel to get into the stand behind the goal. But uh, there we go. Interesting, Mills has said, and I get the likeness here, don't let Gary Lineker see it. It's a very 1930s. Nazi. If you look at the badge that the Nazis had of the eagle in the 1930s, yeah, that is what our badge looks like, and I, 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 I I'm, I'm feeling offended by it already. But there we go, uh, Ian. This week, um, well, this. I week, mean, can I not... just just chip in to say Gary Gary Lineker never mentioned the word Nazi in his he tweet. Didn't. That's just he didn't. he didn't. You're absolutely right. He didn't. It was it was guilty by association. But you're absolutely right there. Uh, and equally, Fiona Bruce, you know, she was totally wrong with what she said. So it'll be interesting to watch Question Time uh, tonight. Perhaps it's just Fiona Bruce, Tim Davey and Gary Lineker 
or on question time on telly uh ian season tickets yeah i i got my one pensioner ticket and my other one for mel when she bothers to turn up but i've got rich and hossein who come with me most of the time um is it a three percent rise ish overall that's pretty reasonable don't you think i think so with inflation it it uh what was it so so say 8.8 percent now um yeah. and, and what people have to remember with inflation is that inflation judged on how much more it is than last year so if it went up by 10 percent last year mm. right at this time then it's gone up by eight per eight point eight percent more than that yeah so if you go back to when it was one to two percent and that was that was the target um then somebody saying i'm going to have inflation when it's gone up by that much is 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 no um uh, is no achievement but yeah it's about three and a half percent and i always i'll say the same as i said about the tickets for manchester city when they were inflated to the sky um i will be asking the board of directors to find the cash to buy i've said six players um and we may pick up some as free agents like cal naismith uh we may not but if you've got uh six players they're going to cost money they're going to cost wages now we know that with the high earners will be leaving and if if they do decide to stay they won't be high earners anymore i can't see jay de silva staying i think he'll he won't no. get what he's earning at city at coventry but he will probably get a bit more than we've offered him it would be a guess yeah. um because he's, he's a free um and clubs look at those in a different way now um with amortization and all that carry on so uh i, I got the feeling that well there's two ways with Callas. i mean first of all he needs to prove he can stay fit for five minutes because otherwise what we don't want to do is give him a two-year extension and finish up with another nathan baker situation because we yeah. we still can't afford that so i'm assuming that that those players will those players will move on and and then yeah. we're gonna have to um we're gonna have to strengthen the squad well, let me let me let me just ask you what your view is on Callas, Ian, because with Callas, right let's assume he well not assume he is one of the highest earners now naki has been available for every game he's not been injured and let's assume would you say one o'clock back 12 months would you say naki and Callas are on the same wage no naki's on probably on more is he all right okay so he's taken a 50 percent pay cut allegedly right but he's taken a cut but he's available if you look at callas right let's pick the number again we're not picking numbers that are fact but if nate i'm sure i've seen somewhere on somebody's spurious table that wells might have been on 27. if callas is on 25 callas he takes, on, he's not on not on 25. that's from the horse's no all right Okay, but with Callas, could you not do some, you know, if you give Callas half his wages that he's on now, he's probably going to be the equivalent of two players' wages in this post-COVID financial environment we find ourselves in. Would you agree with me so far on that, Ian? Yeah? Half of Callas is the equivalent of two wages in this now depressed market. Are you with me on that? Yeah, I'd agree with yeah? you. Okay, so with Callas right is a club because he ain't going to play between now and the end of the season 
Is a club going to take a gamble on Callas? Now, what we could do with Callas is say, right, we're going to give you half the salary that you're on before, but half of it is going to be if you're available to play, half of the half. So in other words, but it's going to be if you're available to play, available for selection. So that might not be selected, but available for selection, you're going to get half your money. But if you're not available for selection through injury, only injury, yeah, and that's injury sustained while playing for us, not if he happened to still be in the Czech national side. But if you're injured, you go down to half of that again. Now, the advantage of that is that he's a known quantity and we haven't got to pay for a new player's transfer fee unless you pick somebody up on a free. Do you think Callas would look at that deal? Because I can't see anybody taking a gamble on his fitness when he's missed all bar two games and it'll be 15 months. What do you think? Pairs well, play deal for Callas. straight answer to a very long, convoluted round-the-houses question uh, is no. Because if, if I'm, let's say I'm on 18 grand a week and I get offered nine, and I'm thinking, well, I haven't really kicked a ball for a year. So I can understand why they're doing it. The first thing I'm going to say to my agent is how much can you get me somewhere else? Yeah. Right. So Callas was based in London, but out on loan for years. So we know yeah. he's, he played for Fulham, which yeah. was dead handy when he lived in London. We know he played for Middlesbrough. Less so, yeah. So he, he's not, fr- and because of the money he's got, he doesn't need to be frightened about travelling anywhere. And of course you've got abroad. Now, I think if he was going abroad, um, he would have, uh, indicated that by now by signing a pre-contract agreement, but who's going to offer him a pre-contract agreement when he's injured? So I, I don't think you, what you're saying is you're on 18 now, we'll, we'll give you nine, but you only get four and a half if you're injured. Now, I don't yeah. see any player, I, I don't see any player taking that unless he thinks he's going to be badly injured. In other words, have long periods out, in which case four and a half grand is better than no grand, but if he goes somewhere else, and they, they even if they let's say they pay him ten, and let's say it's a parachute club, right? Yeah. Or they pay him ten or twelve, he's got that. And if he goes up there, and after five games he gets injured, he still gets his twelve. So I think that deal would be right off the table. Um, yeah. It would be if it was me, but mm. um, football's a funny old game. Now it isn't the game when we first signed him from Chelsea. We've we've gone through COVID. Uh, Steve Lansdowne says he wants the wage bill uh, down there almost halved because the number he mentioned was somewhere between 18 and 20 million. And last time mm. out, it, it was 29. So, you know, that means they've got to take 11 million quid off the wage bill. And as, as I had a chat with Steve, as you know, and he said to me, well, we've still got the costs in the club, so we're still going to lose money this year because we're paying off, uh, paying off the wages. But, you know, Next financial year, um, we we should be okay because we will have got the wage bill significantly right down. down. Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming that Callas and De Silva go, um, and if if we can sell Scott for anything like twenty five million quid, he's going to go, uh, and if we get some add ons on top of that, fantastic, um, and then we can start building. Yeah, I mean, Ian, if if, if Scott goes, if Scott goes, and let's yeah. be realistic, not 25 mil, let's say 20, and you got the Semenyo money, but let's say we've got, and let's take half, say we got, and we've got to, we've got to adjust 
for the FFP, but let's say we got a war chest of 18 million. Now, the two transfer fees combined, 20 plus eight, that's 28. So we've got slightly more than half to go and spend. Don't include wages in that because we're already paying wages at the moment for the players that are leaving. And the wages of the players that are coming in, it's probably going to be one, two, two wages for the um, some of the ones that are going out, just looking purely at wages. So if we go out and spend 15 million, yeah, taking it down even further there from the money from Scott and... Which, uh, which, which we won't. No, but why not? Well, we won't because... We, we he, he, Lansdowne will not release that kind of money to spend again. I'm telling you now. He's not going to let it go. It won't go. All right, fair enough. Ian. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to. He's gonna... not going to look. We got in terrible financial trouble. The other clubs didn't. You know, the likes of let's pick on Luton again. Luton, Millwall, Preston. They didn't get in the kind of clag we're in. Now we're not in the kind of clag that um, I mean Huddersfield. Of, of just, I know it's Wigan, isn't it? They just had a transfer embargo because they didn't pay the wages. West Brom, uh, they want their owner out because um, there's all kinds of stuff going on up there. Huddersfield have got a problem financially. So you're in a, um, you're in a situation where the world's changed and we are not going to be going out and spending four and five million on players unless we sold... A, a, a couple of players for twenty five million, then we might. But and Lan, you've got to remember, Lansdowne is, try, is trying to sell the club, and he'll yeah. he said he'll sell the ground, he'll sell the whole. Um, I'll, I'll call it. I know it's not a franchise, but he'll, the Bristol Sport fran the group, he'll flog yeah. that. I I still can't see who the hell's going to buy it. I, I really can't. Not looking at it practically, um, and. Um, if if I had that kind of money, I'd I'd be looking for something more, uh, something better um, than um, uh, oh, sorry, something better, something in less debt than Bristol City because there's huge debt uh, still attached to the club. It's almost a hundred million now. If you're looking at it, okay, it's, it's owed to, primarily to Steve Lansdowne, uh, but who's to say he's going to forgive it? And then you've got assets down there. Now, the assets are only really, you know, what can you do with the stadium if you don't want to play football there? No, you no, know, no, you're right. It. So you're right. It, it's not an asset like owning office blocks in the middle of London or something like that. It, it's not that kind of asset where it's multi-use. Uh, so, no, I, I can't I can't see anybody coming in. I can't see anybody part investing because I, I'm not really sure. Oh, nobody's going to part invest. You know, it's all of it or... The only other thing which we've muttered on about this for over a year, you know, is that if you break out the football club apart from the infrastructure and, you know, you maybe own the training ground, but you have a license to play at the ground for the next hundred years or something like that. You know, that, uh, but, you know, nobody's going to share with Steve Lansdowne ownership of the club because somebody always has to have the final say. And we all know that Steve has the final say in all this. I mean, it must be frustrating again for Steve when he, he probably didn't go up to Kenilworth Road last night, but you look at Luton, who 10 years ago, correct me if I'm wrong here, Ian, or less, be like Bournemouth, they didn't go right out of the league. Luton went out the league, didn't they? Yeah, right out the league, come back in. Here they are playing in front of crowds, half what we get, shitty little ground, and playing with a style of football that's held them in good stead, not for one season, 
two seasons. They're going to be in the playoffs, yeah? If Sheffield United hadn't won with a late one at Sunderland last night, they'd have still been in with a shout of automatic promotion. They won their third game 1-0 in a row, yeah? I mean, they've got a manager, Rob Edwards, who's picked up the gauntlet in a manner that Nathan Jones, there's no way back for him for a third time there. But what... this softness that Pearson and others have alluded to, we can't seem to break out of that. We've cleared the decks and sorted out finally and sorted out the profiglacy, that's the right way to spell it, of the Ashton uh, Johnson years. But Jesus, you know, Luton, poxy little ground. Yeah, they made us look, well, some people said on OTIB last night, you know, they played better against us than Man City did, didn't they? I mean, they made us look awful. No, steady, steady. <laughs> no, I mean, calm down for Christ's sake. No, they didn't. And, and if they go up to the Premier League uh, and they're, the only chance they'd have, to be honest, if they got in the Premier League was staying at that little ground because clubs genuinely wouldn't like it and they wouldn't like the physical approach. So, yeah. and Brentford are actually uh, a model. Brentford, Brighton, they're the model of the clubs. Yeah, Brighton. Yeah, look at Brighton. They're, yeah. Yeah, well, they've sailed past us. And they, the reason they've done it is their leadership um, and their management and their their method. Now, Brentford don't have an academy. They've got a B team and they utilise that. Um, Brighton have, have slightly gone the other way, but Brighton are absolutely brilliant in the transfer market and they buy and sell well, which is something that we haven't done. Yeah. Um, we haven't done yet. Um, so um, I'm also, I'm not, I'm concerned um, that I want to see what we do in the, in, in the summer. I'm still getting a season ticket. I, I, yeah. I made, that, made that deal. So if we stayed in the championship, I'd get a season ticket and go on, uh, uh, yeah. go on travelling um, all that way to home. Ian, you've got, a, not- you've got a shoot off somewhere in a minute. Uh, I know. Just one thing. Somebody put a thread on OTIB yesterday that, uh, in fact, it was overnight, uh, Tuesday into Wednesday, that I'd actually thought across my mind and I thought, oh, no, I'm not going to put it because I appear a bit of a twat, uh, uh, which I both said on GMTV the other day. Let me just get rid of that. That's not something that I need to uh, hear right now. Can't take the call. Um, the person put on uh, OTIB, uh, Pearson, yeah, in the unlikely event that Leicester get relegated, in the unlikely event, but they could, and Brendan Rodgers doesn't keep his job, and Leicester go down. And we all know why Pearson left Leicester, but he's still held in a lot of affection by the supporters up there, and supporters hold sway, right? If Leicester knocked on Pearson's door, with one year of his contract remaining, and they said, come back, that what happened happened back in twenty start of 2015, come back, um, want you to help us get back up. You've done it with us before, right? You've got parachute payment money, come back, help us do it again. On a scale of one to 10, 10 it happening, and one, probably the reason why I didn't post it, not happening, what would you put on that scale? Well, if, if Pearson... <laughs> If Pearson wanted to go back to Leicester, he'd go back to Leicester. Mm. I mean, nothing nothing we could do would stop him. If you said, would you offer him a massively enhanced contract not to go to Leicester, I'd say no. 
um, because he's not his record is still poor, and he'll tell you that himself. And I didn't disagree with anything he said after the game last night. Um, I, I disagree with some of his selections. I disagree with some of his substitutions, but based on balance, what he said after the game last night was a hundred percent true. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I'm on that scale. Simple, simple. You know, one out of ten, absolutely no well, chance. I, I, well, I, ten I, out of I, ten could well happen. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd put it at a three because of, of the manner yeah. in which he left, and it's still uh, uh, the, the same family still own it. Although the yeah. you know the poor lad, poor lad died in a helicopter crash uh, on yeah. digital yeah. season tickets. Alan Payne's just asked. Um, so um, you can, the digital season ticket, you, you can have it on your phone or you can get what you've got now. If you want to call it a hard copy, yeah. you've got that. And I, I fully intend to get both in case, you know, your mobile phone can't get a signal. It go, goes tits up, your phone gets nicked, you forget it and you drive up to the game. All those things can happen. So that's what, that's what I would intend to do. Um, going back to Pearson, it's one of those things. If it, Normally, your manager leaves for two reasons. One, he's unsuccessful, which Pearson will tell you himself. Um, whilst he thinks, he says, they've moved the club forward. Uh, Gary Hours made a great point on Radio Bristol last night when he said, we can't keep being also rans, finishing one place higher and saying we're making progress. Yeah. And and I think I think he's absolutely right. Um, we next season, if he let's say he brings in six, that'll mean he's signed twenty players, mm-hmm. and he's got rid of more than that. Um, and and I I think that he's made um, he will then you can say right, well you've had your three years, you've had your windows. Where are we now in terms of what we've spent? And what other clubs have achieved, um, because they're obviously doing something we're not. Now the leadership at our clubs not going to change, and I've got no, I've got no wish to, to in any way to see the back of Steve Lansdowne. No, but um, I, I think we've made. Have we made progress this season? Yes, we've made small progress. Yeah, we've made some progress on the injury front, but not enough. And we're not because we're not also rands. Uh, we will be still also rands yeah. because we're not going to get anywhere near the playoffs. No. Um, and w- but hopefully, and if you'd have said to me at Christmas when I walked out of that West Brom game, if you'd have said to me, um, with nine games yeah. to go, we'd be pretty no, much safe from relegation. You'd me, said have, have that, wouldn't you? That's a long and short of it. Yeah. If you'd have offered me offered me safety. Or play the rest of the season and see how it goes. I'd have took the safety Absolutely. because I'm right. get sucked right. down into it. So, on, on what Steve's saying, Gary Hours made many good points. Ha 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 ha. Gary and I had a, had a, an exchange of views, should we say, on the right back situation. And I my my question was, well, okay, if you start that team and you've got Tanner who's ill and Kane Wilson who is unfit on the bench, right? Um, when I say unfit, I, I mean can't last, can't play a game. What happens if Tanner goes down after five minutes? Uh, sorry, Sykes goes down after five minutes. So Gary right. said, well, I, sorry, well, I can answer that one for you there, Ian, because you bring, bring what you do... Kane, hang on, let me, fin- let, me, let me just answer that, because on, you could put 
<laughs> you had Omar Taylor Clark on the bench for a start, right? Yeah. You could have put an okay. The, the, the midfield was weak last night. You could have put Alex Scott at right wing back, and for all the good he was doing up front, it, you could have put Andy Vyman at right wing back because they both played there, and Scott played most of last season there. But look, they hey, let's, Dave, let's, Dave, let's, Dave, let's, Dave, let's just quickly. Yeah. We didn't play with wing backs last night. Sorry, that's a bit of a uh, shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. No, Ian, you're right. Neither, anyway, look, we're the, the, right back. My yeah. point is, Kane Will. You then say, well, you brought Kane Wilson on, right? So he brings Kane Wilson on. Kane Wilson can only do thirty minutes because Pearson said, and I quote, "He's not fit, and he's not getting fit as quickly as he can." So yeah. you finish up, as I said, with two one bloke this ill and one bloke that that can't play that that many minutes because they're injured yeah. on the bench and you only have six people on there. Now, we mm-hmm. have got under 21s. That Bell hardly played any minutes in that other game the other night. Why not have him on the bench? No, Ian, him- Ian, Ian, look, you're, you're absolutely right. And somebody said, I don't think it was Tomo, but somebody saw the under 21s and said that Wilson and Idaho both look bloody ordinary. And he was worried, which is why I raised it. He was worried about... Wilson in terms of longer term uh, f- prospects at the club. He's got to, he's got to come back strongly after the preseason this year. All right, Ian, look, great to have you along uh, this morning. Uh, I know you've got a busy day ahead. Me too. Uh, we'll be recording our Swansea review at tea time on Sunday. I think that's all right with you, Ian, isn't it? Yeah. Five o'clock on Sunday. Tea time Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. And uh, we're all looking for... You know, let's try and get break into that top half. Nine games to go. Let's be realistic. If we can win three, draw one, lose five, that might just about make the difference between top and bottom. No, it probably wouldn't, actually. We probably need to win four Dave, out of the last Dave, nine just, to have a chance of top half. Dave, just, Dave, just play play the next game and try and win it. Don't you, 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 You're going to spin round the circle, disappear up your own ass if you're not careful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, no, absolutely right, Ian. One game at a time. And if we lose on Saturday, it's going to be the classic situation. The end of the season can't come. It'll be a bugger because we're playing Sunday, mate. That's even better. Yeah, well, the end of the season can't come soon enough. Anyway, everybody, have a great week, Ian. Have a good day. And uh, see you Sunday. And everybody who's tuned in this morning and listening live, thanks for doing that. We'll see you again soon. All the best. Thanks, Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Good There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When red red robins are ba ba bobbing along. When the red red robin comes ba ba bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up. Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours.
I'm just a kid who can do what I did again. Sing in a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.